This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. In Job 17, verse 9, it says, The righteous keep moving forward, and those with clean hands have become stronger and stronger. So we're, our, our theme or our vision is for each of us to move forward in 2018. And you've got to be intentional about that. You've got to have a vision for it. You've got to have some goals. You've got to take steps. You might have to leave your comfort zone. You will have to leave some comfort zones. And you press through. And you believe for God to bring increase into your life. And he will do it. But we have a part to play. And he's, he's waiting on us. And we talked about you know, this doesn't happen automatically. You have to renew your mind to the Word of God for you. You have to do it. And that means you have to take some time and get in the Word of God and not only read the Word, stay it. You have to embrace it. You have to take it as God's Word to you. You have to take it. This is truth. I'm going to walk in this. And when you willfully turn your will over to what God says, his grace comes in to empower you to walk it out. The good news is we're not responsible for empowering ourselves to walk this out. He does. He's just waiting on our will for us to make a, a decision, a quality decision that we're going to do it his way and not our way. So we renew our mind and we start moving forward. So we're going to continue with legacy uh, today. Uh, we looked uh, last week about legacy. What, what are you leaving to the next generation? God is a God of generations. What are you passing down? And we're all passing down something. We're all leaving something behind. But God wants us to leave a godly legacy, one that uh, honors and, and, and uplifts the name of Jesus. That's the kind of legacy we want to leave behind. And I was reading and looking at David. And David had, uh, I think, a really uh, great legacy. It says in Acts 13, 36, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. This is... Think about on your tombstone. What would you want? It said, David, according to the will of God, he served his generation. What a legacy. He fulfilled God's will. He served the next generation. He was, he was touching lives. He was producing. He was being fruitful for the kingdom of God. And that's what we want. We want to leave a legacy that will honor God. And we've, we've looked at different aspects uh, of legacy, uh, being a, a church, what's a, a legacy for a church was a legacy for a godly father, a mom. We, we looked at what it means to be a, an, an older Christian last week, that God still has expectation. He doesn't expect for you to just quit because you reach a certain age. He doesn't expect for you just to lay around and be a couch potato and, and watch people work out on TV and count that as your workout. God expects you to do some things and to still be productive. And that's, that's something that 
I see many times in people that are older, they're just, they're like the world. Here's the world's aspect. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prepare for retirement. And then I'm going to do nothing. I'm just going to relax. I had a couple friends. That was their, their goal, their vision. And one of them worked in my department. I was very close to him. I asked him, when you retire, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to do absolutely nothing. I have no plans. And I, I knew him well. I knew his, his work was meaningful to him. And uh, it, it gave him purpose. And, and I was concerned. I said, I, I believe you should find something. Find a hobby. Find something. And he just kind of scoffed at that. And he said, I just want to do nothing. And less than a year later, he was dead. And I really believe he perished because he had no vision. If you don't have a purpose in life, if you don't have uh, something on the inside of you being an inner uh, motivation, moving forward with something, you start to perish. You start to become boring. <laughs> you, you start to living at your life by watching someone else live life through Make belief, you know. How many know that TV, that is all pretend? It's not real. And we want to live the real life. The life that God has purchased and, and given to us. So in Psalms 92, we're going to go back to this because even older Christians, this affects all of us. We're all to bear fruit. God expects every believer to be fruitful. Psalms 92, verse 12, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. It says, even in old age, they'll still be bearing fruit. That means when you're young age, you're still, you're to be bearing fruit. At every age, there is no age limitation that God says, look, stop. You don't have to produce any more fruit. It's not there. There is no spiritual retirement in God's family. You don't retire. Well, Pastor, I want to retire. Well, you're going against the Word of God because there is no retirement. You're still to be bearing fruit. I'm not saying you don't change what you're doing. You might, God might lead you down a different path, but you're still to be fully employed in God's business, in the family of God. And he said, bear fruit, still flourishing. Moving forward, and we looked at the definitions. If you weren't here last week, uh, you look back at this. A, an older Christian is not to even show that he's slowing up. No decay in him. He's to be fat and green and flourishing and proclaiming that God is God. And, and showing the next generation that God answers prayer. That he's faithful and true to his word. That you can count on him. And you can learn to have a life of contentment and peace and strength. Even in the midst of chaos. Even in the midst of bad news. It looks like the world's going to hell. But we have good news. You can go to heaven. 
You can come out of the world and come into the family of God, come into the presence of God, be adopted into his family and experience life. And once you experience life, you're to bring forth fruit. I didn't say be a fruit. I said bring forth fruit. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need to make sure we do not fall into the mindset of the world. I'm going to retire and do nothing. Is God against you having the vacation? No. Go to the beach. Go to Disney World. Say hello to Mickey Mouse. Do those things. But come back home and go to work. Come back home and not be in Mickey Mouse zone and land still. How was your vacation? It's wonderful. I'm still meeting daily with Mickey Mouse. Sound like a duck, Donald Duck, you're quacked up. Y'all can do better than that, come on. <laughs> Jesus lived a fruitful life, and he did good works that expressed the will and love of the Father. In John chapter 5, verse 36, but I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Do your works bear witness that the Father has sent you? The same way in which Jesus was sent, we're sent. John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not my, just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Jesus saw no a relationship with God. His work and, and God, his relationship with God. And see, we, we want to disconnect. But your work is spiritual. God expects you to work. God expects you to be productive. Well, I thought it had to be spiritual. Well, let me tell you, you doing a natural service on the job is serving people and is your mission field. So it's also spiritual and God expects you to keep on doing something, to keep moving, to keep being productive. Work is not some kind of grievous thing. Jesus didn't think it was a grievous thing. He took it. This is part of my relationship with God. I'm going to fulfill the work that he's given me to do. And we're to be the same way. You should never, ever be without work. Say work. We need to trust God to infuse and empower our actions, our work. Our works to be, to have God in them. You mean to tell me I go on a job, I'm working for God? Yes! It's what the Word says. Well, maybe I can't talk so much against my work. Maybe I'm to be a blessing there. Maybe I'm to change some things that are dark and bring the light. Maybe this is my missions field. 
You've been praying and crying for God to use you somewhere, and now you're praying and crying for God to get you out of this job. There's too many unbelievers around here. God put you there for a reason. You're light. They need you there. God needs you there. He needs you to work. He needs you to be productive. He needs you to serve. Let me tell you what will speak volumes to people this day. If you go to work and you work. Why? Oh my You want to speak to those around you? Go to work and work. Oh, my. I've told this before. That was at, um, I think it was Home Depot. And I needed some help. I was waiting on this person to help me. I'm being patient and kind, waiting. And they're on the phone for a while. And then finally... She said, Mom, I've got to go. She got the phone. I said, I've got to go. (laughs) Before I do something crazy. (laughs) Self-control. I'm leaving. You've wasted my time. (laughs) God expects us to work. We must fully receive God's work for us, fully yield to God's work in us, and fully express God's work through us. Work was before the curse. It was in the garden before the curse. Adam had job because he has created us to be productive. He's created us to to be diligent about a job, about work. John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and uh, sent me and to finish his work. There are two, two requirements that Jesus walked in while he's here on the earth. He said to do the will of Father and to finish the work. The will and the work. And there is a difference. The will of God, we find from the Word of God which is for the lost to be saved, for the believer to come into the family of God, to grow, to mature, to to reach out to others. We see the will of God, but the will of God is the same for every believer. Can you see that? That's God's word. His will is the same for every believer. But his work is not the same for every believer. The Holy Spirit ministers to you, uses your desire, and that's the way you're to go. And he puts you at work. He puts you at a job to work and be a light there, make a difference there, and be a blessing to your company. You know, your company should be blessed because you're there. You're to make a difference. But see, we seek God and we see, what have you put in me what have you called me to do what kind of work and it it might be to be a a pastor or a missionary but it might be to be a plumber it might be to be a mechanic to be a teacher 
to work on computers, a tech person, a doctor, a nurse. God might call you to be a mom who stays home and raises her kids. What a high calling. Whatever it is, you do your best because God has put you in that job. And you receive powerment to fulfill that thing from God's Holy Spirit. If you look, I was thinking this morning, if you look at God's Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11, a lot of them are not ministers. There's nothing insignificant. It may not be glamorous what you do. It may not be this big, huge, sensational thing that you do. But it doesn't stop God's appreciation and reward of what you do, what your work is. He said, even if you bring a cup of water in my name, I will reward it. It doesn't have to be a glamorous thing. It's whatever God has called you to do. And when you look at the rewards, you don't really find that the rewards are so much for knowing the will of God. It's doing the work. What did God say do? And you get rewarded for it. So we've looked at work as separate from our spiritual life. But we're to be fruitful. And there's a lot of different fruits in the Bible. It talks about the fruit of your lips, fruits of righteousness, fruit of the Spirit. But the Lord really laid out my heart to talk about work. The fruit of your labor ordained by God, a divine calling of God. That's what your work is. And when you look at it like that, you do differently. <laughs> you look at work differently. Amen. God wants your spiritual and natural needs met. So whatever it is he's called you to do, you be the light. You, you do of excellence what you're called to do. And God will reward. He will bless the work of your hands. You ever notice the scripture says he will bless what you put your hand to do? But there's a lot of people calling out for the blessing of God and they had not put their hand to anything except the remote. And the remote won't bless you. Hmm. Praying for your coworkers, inviting them to the Easter service, inviting them to come here a comedian. Told you last week, it, it just got me to the core when seeing Billy Graham's funeral that they said you could go to a crusade. Most likely where you would find him, if you were allowed to go into the inner room where he was, you open the door, he'd be laid out on the floor bawling, crying for souls. When's the last time you interceded for your coworker? When's the last time that you prayed for God to use you to minister to him? Well, Pastor, I just wouldn't be cool then. Well, you're not cool now. 
Because I'd rather be cool with God. You know, we talk about injustices and and, and there's plenty of them. But I want to tell you the greatest injustice on this earth is when a believer who has been blood-bought, redeemed, and saved, and changed as a new creation is the injustice is when you don't share Jesus. When you don't share the very life of God. That's an injustice. And it brings dishonor to Jesus. Did Jesus complete the, God's work? John 17, 4. I've glorified you on the earth. I finished the work which he gave me to do. In John 17, 4 from the message, it says, I glorified you on the earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. You know, people, Lord, help me be more like Jesus. You're saying, Lord, help me be, to work. <laughs> to work, to be a laborer. Jesus is not retired. Now, we talked about the finished work of the cross, and many times we think Jesus is retired. He's on an eternal vacation. He's taking a leave of absence. You know, the cross was so much, I'm just taking a leave of absence for a few billion years. Now, the finished work of the, of the cross, that part, the part of it's all based but the Word of God says he works on. It's all based on the cross. It's based on the finished work. But it says that he works on. He's our advocate. He's our intercessor. He's the chief shepherd. He's the head of the church. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's preparing a place for you to come. There's work to be done. He's still working. If Jesus is working, maybe we should be. Thank you. Isaiah 9, 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish him with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. I thought about this first, and I was thinking, the increase of this government in peace, there will be no end forever. There are some future works of God. We don't know what they are, but there's things in the future he still do. Because this thing's not going to end. It's like the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. Uh, this thing ain't going to end. All right, let me move on here. Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man will come in his glory, the glory of his Father and with his angels, and there will be reward each according to his works. I know the will of God, but are you working the will of God? That's where the reward is. Paul said at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You got to fight the good fight. You got to stay on course. Keep the faith. It, it's a fight. In our culture, in the land we live in, it's a fight to stay in faith. It's a fight to stay on course. 
and finish a race. And Psalms 1 verse 1 said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Ungodly here means unbeliever. Nor stands in the path of sinners. Sinners there is a person who is actively involved in sin. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Scornful talks about a person who's gone uh, past a place of sin. to now he's actively criticizing and, and mocking Christianity. And this is written to believers here as saying, blessed is the man who stood, doesn't start acting and walking like an unbeliever. Doesn't start acting and walking like a sinner. If you do, you'll descend down and before long you'll start criticizing the very things of God. He tells us not to do this. But verse 2, but his lies in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. Wow. A result of meditation. What's meditation? To think about, to mull over, to mutter, to speak. That's meditating the word of God. A result of meditation is you're going to bear fruit. And it says, you're like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. You're tapped into an endless supply of refreshing living water. And you're going to produce fruit. See, the, the tree is not straining to produce fruit. Have you ever gone by an apple tree and you thought you heard the tree groaning? Ugh. Now, if you could talk to it, it would say, I'm trying to get some fruit to pop out. No. The life is in the tree. The life causes the fruit to come out. When you're tapped into the supply, into life, fruit will come out of you. And see, a lot of times we have it backwards we're wanting to produce fruit, but we hadn't tapped into the life. We're wanting to go witness to someone. We're trying to force ourselves, but it would come naturally if we're tapped into the life. If I'm in love with Jesus, it, it comes out. I'll find myself acting different, behaving different. I'll find myself working harder on the job. I'll be like a, a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Wow. Fruit will just come out. Now, the fruit is not for the tree. You won't see an apple tree. Yeah. Oh, good. I got some fruit. I'm hungry. And the apple tree reaches over, takes the own fruit, and eats it. Now, the fruit. It's for whoever passes by to be nourished by, to be fed by. That's what the fruit is for in your life. God wants you to produce fruit because he has a heart for people. He loves people and the fruit that you produce being tapped into him will be nourishment and food and salvation and redemption and healing and freedom. 
for those that pass by and partake of that fruit. The fruits for others. We're tapped into the life. But others need to taste and see that the Lord is good. And we're to be the ones that carry the fruit. 2 Corinthians 5.20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Two ministries in closing that Jesus had, we got the same ministry. So inward ministry, say inward. This is your priestly ministry. This is where you get before God, you pray, you worship him, you get in the word, you meditate on the goodness of God. You do these things, that's your inward priestly ministry. What's that like? That's when you're the tree tapping into the supply. You're tapped in, and you're getting nourishment. You're getting the life to flow through you, and you're in communion with God. Or you could say your secret place, your quiet time. Even this would be a a part of that because you're coming uh, with a heart of worship to, to commune with God, to receive from God. This is your private life. Your private life will produce the fruit in your public life. There's no other way. It has to come from God. You're tapping into the life of God. Look at Jesus. He separated himself from the crowd many times. Why? To tap into the life of Father. If Jesus had to separate himself, he prepared 30 years in the private place for his public ministry. 30 years. Outward ministry is your behavior. It's what you do. That's what people see. It says we are known by our fruits. They're looking at the way you handle yourself, carry yourself. It's your outward ministry, or we could say ambassador. Well, the inward change is changed immediately. What are we doing when we're with the Lord? We're... We're feeding our, our spirit, our, our mind, and emotions, the will to change. But your outward conduct, fruit didn't just pop up one day. It's a process. So you're processing your walk out, your behavior out. You're processing fruit unto righteousness that will cause others to see that you belong to Jesus. The priestly ministry of the believers, the inward It's the foundation of the believer's outward ministry as ambassador to the world. Skip on down here. Let's let's go to the, in your notes, you'll see I've got two ministry callings. You've got the priest and ambassador. You're called to a priestly ministry and to be ambassador for Christ. My priestly ministry is private before God. It's what you do in private. My ambassadorship is my public behavior before men. That's what gives substance to your witness. Being a good priest will make me a good ambassador. It's not the other way around. There's no other way to get there. My outward ministry is produced as I nurture my inward priestly ministry. In fact, you should live in the overflow of your private time with God. 
I desire to be fruitful in every good work, hearing my Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, for him to say, well done, there has to be, now this is deep. For him to say, well done, there has to be some well done things in your life. How many think that Jesus is going to gray on the curve? Well, I'm looking, Bob, for something well done in your life. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to grade on the curve here. Well done. No. Not talk. It's got to be some well. You, you got to do things with excellence. Not talking about perfection. I'm talking about excellence. Putting your heart in it because you're doing it for God. And it's your fruit. You're bearing witness that God is actively at work in you and he's energizing you through your work. My own business, whatever it is, give it to God. Let him work through you. Work is a blessing. Work brings provision. Work also gets you around people you probably would never ever meet if it hadn't been for the work and God has placed you there by his spirit to be a witness to all those there to touch your lives. A pastor, it's a hard place. You need to tap into the river some more. He didn't say it would be the easiest place. But you know, you can have contentment in the midst of that crazy place that you work at. Because you know you're tapped into God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be yours. God wants to bless your work. You're not going to be bored in heaven. I got news for you. I was witnessing to a guy one time. And, and there was, uh, I forgot what the psalm was. It's going to be fun in hell or something like that. <laughs> We're going to party in hell, is what it was. And I said, uh, you really want to go where the party is? You need to go to heaven. He said, oh, he heaven sounds boring. Wrong. God is not boring. Pastor, are you tell me where I'm going to have work to do in eternity? Yes. You're going to have something productive. You were created to work and be productive. God, I don't believe he was the creator. I believe he is the creator and he still will be creating. He'll still be working. Then we get to take part in it. It's bigger. <laughs> He's bigger. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's, that's Bowerhead's. I'm going to read you this, Colossians 1.10. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might 
so that you may have a great you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Worthy of a life pleasing him, being fruitful in your work, what God has called you to do. With every head bowed and every eye shut, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life greatest decision that you can make in this life is surrendering to him and giving him your your life, your everything some of you need to surrender your job your work you haven't been blessing your work, you've been cursing your work God wants to use you to be a blessing there. Maybe you've called upon Jesus before, but you know you're not living for him. Today's the day to make a choice to live for him. That's you. I want you to just lift up your hand. We're going to pray together. And Jesus will come in and he'll give you new life. Or maybe you're praying because you're coming back home. God will do it. Thank you, Lord. Anyone in this place, say, that's me. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the price that was paid, the blood that was spilled. I received Jesus my Lord and Savior I'll live for the one who died for me who took my place took the punishment that I deserved I call you Lord I call you Savior thank you for the blood of Jesus I am forgiven I am redeemed I belong to you Lord empower me to live this life Jesus name if you're believing for a change just real quick on your job stand up you say you need to bless that place some things need to change everybody stretch your hands towards these Father in the name of Jesus we release our faith with these standing And we believe for change to come on the job. We believe for light to come. We believe for increase to come, fruitfulness to come. We believe, God, that you make a way where there's been no way. For a voice to be heard, even if it's a voice in the wilderness, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Because God's coming back. Let light come forth and wisdom come forth. Give each of these standing the wisdom of God, knowing how to respond, how to walk, how to let the light shine. Live through them, Lord. Breathe through them. Touch and save people on the job. Bless their work. We receive it and we see it as a divine call of God. 
we thank you, Lord. We praise you for it. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.